Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this in April of 2022. And welcome to episode 79, Learning About Intermediate Math. You know, I have a couple of reflections, but I think I want to share two reflections. And one okay. is actually about reflecting, okay? Okay. <laughs> Which yeah. I know we we discussed this in a whole episode, but I recently got an email from Sue Looney. Okay. And did you get that one? I don't think so. Okay. She talked about the importance of reflecting, about our students reflecting. Yeah. So I brought it up at three PLCs this week with the third, fourth, and fifth grade teachers. And, you know, I started off with, I don't know about you all, but I know I do some of my best reflecting when I'm in the shower because that's when my mind just, it's like calm and it starts wandering. And of course I'm like, oh, I could have done this this way and it would have been better and all this. Well, Sue shared 10 reflection prompts Oh, okay. And I I brought it up, you know, to them. In the email, in the body of the email, though, there was another great quote. I don't have it in front of me, but essentially it was the reflecting that the kids do about the learning is when the learning happens. And it it doesn't say it exactly like that, but I'll, I'll try to put a picture of it or I'll link it in the show notes or something. So Sue, thank you for putting that out there in the universe, because when I brought it up to the teachers, at least one person from each grade level was like, that's really good. And we don't just have to use it for math. We can use it for, and I said, and you can use it in place of an exit ticket. It doesn't just have to be, you know, for content, for content. Right. And in one of the grade levels, after we talked about reflecting, we also, I think I brought up, you know, we're, we're, two weeks away from our state test for math. Yeah. We're days away from the reading one. But I said to them, you know, in this last push, instead of doing packets, what if, and I just kind of framed it as that, and I started sprinkling in some BTC, some Building Thinking Classrooms research. And would you know that day I had two teachers call me into their room or send me a picture or tell me what they did. They they started having kids up at boards. Nice. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe they did the random grouping. I don't I don't really remember. That was like so three days ago, you know. Um, <laughs> but I was like, yay, you know, this yeah. is the beginning of how you can really change your classroom. So I'm going to give them the executive summary of the BTC. It's I think that's the seven or 14 page one. I don't remember. Maybe it's the seven page one, like quick summary and get their appetite wet for it. Right? Yes. The practicum teacher came again this week and I brought my building thinking classroom book so that she could like kind of peruse through it as I was actually showing her the wipe books because I didn't get to, I remember I didn't get to show it to her the first time she came in and I kind of saved it for the second time. <laughs> and I mean, she loved it so much. She she went through it. She saw my highlights. She's like, a lot of the things you highlighted, I would have highlighted too, she says. And 
she put it in her Amazon cart. So, woohoo! <laughs> yes, yeah, it was it was great. She's like, I loved how they were up and they were out of their seats and they weren't working like at their desks because they're at their desks so much. And I said, yes, and and we have a lot of brain breaks because you know our day is compacted. Yes, in in the morning, but. Uh, we have a lot of brain breaks. And I said, but did you notice how how much better they were after their brain break? And she said, yes. So I was trying to like just, you know, put these little these little seeds in yep. here and there. Plant but seeds. it's also – I think it's also something I've been surprised with is how even with just like one minute, two minute brain break afterwards – it's just the the focus is just it's it's there you know it's yes. like right back so it's it's necessary it really is and I I think this year it, it was the first time that I see it so obviously that it's so it's just so necessary that we I'm, do it I'm thinking maybe more instead of necessary imperative right yeah like, I, I was looking for another yeah. word I couldn't find it I'm like what's another word yes it is it's crucial yeah like. It must be done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I wanted to reflect on my post. I posted something that I was doing on Twitter, the quadrilateral classification. Kids have a hard time with especially knowing that a square is a rectangle always, but a rectangle is not always a square. I got it from a mix and math blog post by Brittany. I decided to go the Flaming Cheeto route. She used (laughs) Doritos, but I went Flaming Cheetos because a few weeks prior when we did the fifth grade SeaWorld trip, the kids were eating Flaming Hot Cheetos at 630 in the morning. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so disgusting. But I knew that I had a buy-in, right? So if I if I bring out the flaming hot Cheetos, now I've got their attention. So that's what I did. So I brought I brought flaming hot Cheetos and then uh just like the regular crunchy Cheetos and the you know the puff Cheetos and then just a regular chip and then um a cookie. That, a you, cookie. Had a, you had a cookie right, in there. To just kind of represent all food. But that's not how I, I represented it. I started first with the flaming hot Cheeto, gave them oh, all you the did. hot Cheeto. I did. I went up. Oh, you didn't I would have gone up down. and then down. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. So here's yeah. So I wanted to share how how it worked out. And you could do it any I mean, you could really do it any way you wanted to. Yeah, but I um, want to hear how you did it. Yes. So I started with the flaming hot Cheeto and I and I had them draw a circle and write flaming hot Cheeto just like it is on that picture <laughs> and place the flaming hot Cheeto in that circle. Then I said, what is a category? How would you categorize this? Like what what could you say this is also? And someone said, well, it's a Cheeto. And I'm like, okay. So then I took out and all my bags of chips were hidden. Like all everything was under my desk so they couldn't see it. And and so then I grabbed a bag of Cheetos and I and I, you know, distributed it. Everyone gave everyone a Cheeto and we placed it high above. But I left space because I knew that I still had the crunchy ones that they hadn't <sighs> mentioned, right? Okay. So I had I had the Cheetos around and I said, okay, well, what else is a Cheeto and and a flaming hot Cheeto? Like what else is it? It's and then someone said, Well, it's a chip. And I'm like, okay, great. Like that's where you find it. You also find it in the chip aisle, right? So it's a chip. Although my husband and my son disagree. They say it's not a chip. That's so funny because when I was in the shower the other day, <laughs> I was Were reflecting you on your picture and I was like, 
wait, is a Cheeto a chip? So it's funny because it's brought a whole conversation into our household. And (laughs) Alex and I, we believe, the girls in the house, we believe that it is a chip. And Brody, my son, and and Matthew, my husband, they're they're like, no, it's not a chip. So it's like the girls against the boys in the house. And the reason why I think it's a chip is that is that it's in, well, okay, so it's in the chip aisle. And then Matthew is like, well, so is popcorn. Popcorn's not a chip, and and so are the cookies. And cookies aren't a chip. And, and pretzels. Like, okay. I just thought of pretzels. Okay. All right. All right. That's a good point. But you wouldn't go like. The other thing is, then I said, well, then what is it called? Oh, like a corn puff? No, you wouldn't go to the store and say, where are the corn puffs? You'd You'd say, where are the chips? Where are the chips? And you would find the Cheetos. Like you're You're not going to, you know, you would say, where are the chips? So that's, yeah, anyway, that was a whole disagreement in our house. It was pretty funny. Obviously, this student agreed with me that this this is a chip. So yay. (laughs) The lesson was not ruined. And nobody questioned it in my class. So we're good. Okay. We put the chip there. And then I said, okay, and then what, maybe is there a bigger category that all of these kind of fall into? And then someone said, food. And I'm like, perfect. Okay. And every time I kept bringing something out, right? And then, of course, then, then the kids are like, okay, we're done. There's no more food. All right. And then I'm like, but wait, what about? <laughs> and, and then I pull out another bag and they're like, more? There's more? I pull out because I told them that they could eat all of them afterwards. Of course. Of course. Uh, I pull out uh, the crunchy Cheetos bag and I open that up and I give that to everybody. And I say, where does this go? Uh-huh. And that was the conversation. Right. That was where the magic kind of happened because some kids put it like above the Cheeto, some kids put it underneath the Cheeto, between the Cheeto and the Flaming Hot Cheeto, and some kids like put it outside of the, like in, like on top of the food. Like they, some kids like didn't know where to put it. So that was the, that was, yes, that was the magic. Awesome. Just kept relating it back to quadrilaterals. The Flaming Hot Cheeto afterwards, right after the lesson had gone through. The flaming hot Cheetos is the square. And then you have, you know, in one, you could look at it where it's the rectangle. Mm-hmm. And then you could look at it separately where it's a rhombus. Right, right. But the flaming hot Cheeto is a square. square. And is that flaming hot Cheeto? Is it every time? Is it a Cheeto? Yes. Is it a crunchy Cheeto? Yes. Is it a Cheeto? Yes. Is it a chip? Yes. Is it food? Yes. Every time, right? We just kept referring back to it. Is that square a quadrilateral? Is that square a parallelogram? Is that square all of these things? In Brittany's blog, she uses Cool Ranch Doritos in the in the inner circle and then just Doritos and then chip and then food. Okay. I think that's that's the order. So she so I added an extra layer, right? Okay. Because I wanted that I kind of I wanted I was hoping that I would get that that Cheeto moment where it wasn't right they they wouldn't immediately think of one and then I could bring out another one. So it all worked out. It was just it was a, a great lesson and I really think I did ask the students afterwards after their assessment and after, you know, after they we've mm-hmm. talked about quadrilaterals. I'm like, "Did did this help did this help with the flaming hot cheetos and the and one girl was like 
it helped so much. So that the fact that she was able to, you know, just articulate, she's like, oh yeah, that made it so much easier for me to remember and like visualize it and see. I I really do think it was a beneficial lesson, activity, you know, whatever you want to call it. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. You know, that gets me thinking. I bet you many of our listeners are like, I'm hungry now. So thanks, Karina. You're welcome. Get yourself a bag of Cheetos or squares or, or whatever. Flaming hot Cheetos. Flaming hot Cheetos. Which, by the way, I've had for the first time. They're disgusting. I just I'm sure they out. are. I don't. Oh think my god! I- There's. I've never had them, and I'm like, I might as well try them. I I've never had them. Are these and the same I, as Takis? No, those are different, and those are even worse. I've tried oh. one of those. Those are so disgusting. No, thank uh, you. But the Flaming Hot Cheetos are just – I don't, I don't know how these kids eat them. They love them. Wow. Okay, let's get into today's topic, learning about intermediate math. Last week, we talked basically about K to 2. This week, we're going to talk about 3 to 5. And then we might have to have a guest or two come on for middle school and high school, right? Seriously. But what can we do with the, should we call them bigs now or medium? What (laughs) what do we call them? We went from very little to little to maybe we'll call them mediums. How's that? Sure, sure. That works. Um, well, I mean, I, I think I, we have to just say ditto to everything that we've already talked about. I think just because you're moving on an age doesn't take away anything that we've discussed previously. I think number one is still count everything and, and still count everything. You know, when we talked earlier and uh, about, and when I say earlier, I mean another podcast about counting by fractions and decimals. Yes. This is the perfect time for that. Yes, this is it. You know, I yep. always think back to that slide. I texted you. I was like, where is that slide with the counting by tenths? And you sent it to me right in the morning because then yes. I used it with my class, my fifth grade class that day. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what I have too, counting by fraction increments, decimal increments, and counting backwards. I, I've got to reiterate that. I think I'm pretty sure we mentioned it before, counting forwards and backwards for the littles, for the really littles. But especially, I mean, especially all the time, again, all the time. counting forward and backwards, counting with fractional parts backwards, because that, ugh, that goes into subtraction. And that number sense is where if they have that, yes. gosh, it's just so, again, another one, it's so crucial. It's so important. It's so necessary. They need to be able to count forward and back. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, you know, wrote down games again because, yep. of course, I think if I had to pick one game, it would probably at least be Yahtzee because, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to get three, four, five of a kind, right? right? And that's where your multiples come in. Yes. So even if you start it with the littles where they can skip count, now you want to move to the mediums where they're now using multiplication, right? And, you know, I was going to talk about this in the reflection, but then we, you know, totally talked about other things, which is great. So I can just bring it in here. But I know last week when you mentioned about repeated addition for skip counting, yes, that is just one piece of multiplication. You can also think of area, which we're we're still we're still working on that in third, fourth, and fifth grade about area. You know, if you know the length and you know the width, you should be able to figure out how many squares fit in the in the middle of that area there. But also 
scaling, right? Yeah. Where we're using, you know, you know, when we go to make copies and we're, we either put enlarge or reduce. Yes. That's what we're talking about, everybody, when we're talking about scaling. You know, what, what else came to mind was ratio tables, right? Yes. When, when you said about measurement before that you would never go back to teaching it any other way. Converting measurements. Yep. Yeah. That ratio tables come in so handy. Yes. And they can be taught right in third grade because it's, it's showing, it's like a multiplication table. You're showing that relationship. And that was, that was what I wrote too. I wrote patterns and relationships. That's where it, the foundation for what's coming in middle school. So you have to create that foundation. You have to build that foundation now so that they can make it stronger when they get to middle school. They have to have multiplicative reasoning before mm-hmm. they leave us in elementary school. And unfortunately, there are so many kids that are still in counting or additive reasoning. Yes. I'm trying so hard to get them over that hump and into the multiplicative reasoning. So on that note, I have been using Estimysteries for the past few days with different nice. groups. And, you know, I, I just love, you know, the language that the vocabulary that he puts in there to force yeah. them to think a different way. Right. Yeah. Another. And again, I wrote down estimate because, of course, we still want to estimate. That's that's again, that's never going to go away. But and think- does the answer make sense? I think asking making sense of it, because I mean, I know you and I have talked about problems where it's a pizza problem. They have bought a pizza and it turns out to be or like they their answer comes out to be like one thousand three hundred forty eight dollars for five pizzas. Does that make sense? <laughs> well, again, when they don't use money all the time, it's right. they haven't had those opportunities and experiences. Hashtag right, right, right. right. Maybe they do think it's reasonable, right? <laughs> but no. I want to okay. ask you a question about estimisteries because you said you did one today. I did. I have been using the third set of slides where he gives you the chart, and okay, yeah. when you do mm-hmm. the next clue, it removes the things. But the, the, my question for you is, after they see the first clue, how many of your kids changed their answer to something far away from what they originally estimated? So let me give you an example. Like today, somebody wrote, I, I think it was like 40. And then the next thing I know, the kid, and I said, just do slow garbage. Just put one line through it and write your next one because I want to see what you wrote. Right. And, and he wrote like 59 and somebody else like way backed up. And I said, can I just, can I ask you a question? Why did you pick something so far away from your original estimate? And they couldn't come up with an answer. And the hmm. only thing I could think of is they were trying to predict the clues to make sure that their number was still going to be there. That's the only thing I can think of. So did mm. you ask your kids throughout each each clue like okay, did you, you know, no, but uh, they didn't jump they didn't jump very far. They they stayed within within like 10 of their original number. So I I've got to how do I teach that to kids? to stay close to your original estimate. I don't, like, to me, it would be like, you know. When we've done our three-act tasks, 
I like to use that paper. I think it's Graham's high paper and low, that has right? the range. Yes. Yeah. That has the range. And I've talked to them about how, you know, a, a good estimate has this kind of range where you, you think the number might be because you don't want it to be like from zero to 100. That's right. not helpful. Right. So if you think, so maybe start estimating in ranges and then having, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, when Elise, our friend Elise listens to this, she's going to say, Laura, rookie mistake. You know, I probably started too high. Too high. Mm-hmm. Right. But I've been doing Wonder Wednesday for two years now. Yeah. Which I've been using the stuff from Estimation 180. So, you know, I guess I just thought, oh, maybe they're better. You know, I don't know. So, all right. Rookie mistake. Okay. Let's keep going. What else do you got? I also said, let them play with new things, new ideas, new strategies. Let them try different things out. Like, can you represent this using, using addition? Like now that they know more operations, can, can they represent this using addition? Can they represent this problem with subtraction? Can they represent it? You know, not just because it's the inverse of each other, but just thinking about it in a different way, modeling the problem in a different way. It's that tinkering with, you know, I love that word. I've I've heard it before at different workshops and presentations, but tinkering with math, that's really important. I think especially as they go up in the levels and we play less, you know, I, I, you want to give them opportunities to, to tinker and play and figure out. Yep. Uh, And again, I wrote notice and wonder because that is something else that should never go away. That's that whole tinkering. Yes. Right? Yes. I also wrote which one doesn't belong. Again, we're going to continue that (laughs) through school. Yeah, that's why, I mean, this is is definitely one of those like ditto everything that came before. Maybe possibly the only one that kind of goes away a little bit is songs because there's just not that many at this point that would be really helpful. Well, actually, when you talk about songs, the first thing that came to my mind was Flocabulary, which is a site. Yeah. There's there's limited free ones and, you know, you pay for the rest of them, but there are some really good songs right. in there. There are some really good ones and the kids really do like them. Like, even though that's like a cartoon, you know, my fifth graders aren't like, what is this? They, they get into it. They really do like those. Some right. have real people in it too. Oh, I haven't seen Yeah, and if it's not people. that site, there's another site and I can't remember off the top of my head. I'll write it down so that I remember okay. to look it up in my show notes. But that, yeah, maybe it's not fo- Flocabulary. It's another site that uh, has, yeah, oh my gosh, I saw her in, in Daytona at FCTM. I'll, I'll look it up. Yep. Okay. I was also thinking about fractions because that's when they all get introduced, third, fourth, fifth grade, and have just find someone. And I don't even care if you really bake, but measure things, right? Take Mm -hmm. out the actual measuring cups, take out, you know, a two liter bottle. It's so hard for kids to envision a one liter bottle because that's not something that's common. But I'll say to them, oh, have you ever seen a two liter bottle of soda? And they're like, yes. I'm like, okay, cut that in half. That's one liter. So using things that are around your house, pick up the water bottle, pick up the, you know, I don't want to say chemical, but you know, what some kind of cleaner that you have around the house. Look at the fluid ounces, any kind of liquid, Pick up the orange juice, any kind of measuring kind of thing, which- Yeah, back to measuring, which again, 
Yeah, but even to actually, like you were saying, fill up a pint and put it in a quart, right? And then right. fill up the quart and put it in a gallon. If you can get that and and just have them see and again, what do you notice? What do you wonder? What do you what patterns are you noticing between them? How many of these does it take to fill this? Those experiences are what they'll remember. Yes. And going back to fractions, but again, that goes back to measurement is using the ruler and the tape measure and the yardstick and the meter stick. I mean, that's going to give you linear fraction knowledge, right? And then even if you draw a square, draw a rectangle, cut it into four pieces and say to your kid, Shade in two-fourths, that's going to give them experiences with area models of fractions. And then uh-huh. the third set is for fractions is the set model, where it's something like three out of four, and you actually use those words out of. So maybe you color in, you have four circles, and you color in, they color in three of them red and one of them yellow, and you say, how many are red? three out of four because they're different pieces. It's not the area model and it's not on a number line because that's linear. It's the set model. And the set model, we really don't get into in third grade at all. It's all area and linear, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think when the set model actually comes in. I'm going to have to- be in fourth. I'm going to have to look that up. I, I really thought it was third. It's not. Nope. Hmm. Maybe that's why they don't understand it as as much as I as I thought. Maybe the other website. Since we've talked about different websites, you know, as resources, another one is Fraction Talks. Oh, by Nat yes, <gasps> Nat. That one is yes, yeah. That one is so great. It it has. If you go to images, there are so many different fraction images with different colors. Parents, that's a great website for you to go to to have math talks with your kids. Yeah, it's already already done. You know, you could just pull up an image and don't feel intimidated. You know, there aren't any answers there that are listed, but it really is just about talking about the math, having a conversation about math. It's so just like we have conversations about what we've read. Yep. You know, tell me about that book. We need to have that same or tell me about that movie. You know, even those those kinds of questions reinforce reading skills. Absolutely. But when, so when we, we don't talk a lot about math at home and we, we need to start doing that more. Mm-hmm. All right, listeners, your challenge for this week is going to sound similar to last week and the week before. Find some mediums in your life. So we're talking eight, nine, 10 year olds, maybe 11. We can even go up to 11 and have some math talks with them. Please share with us on Twitter what happens. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag learning through math. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too.